0: Hey guys, welcome back to Handling It. I'm your host, Catherine, and as you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I really, really didn't. But I'm handling it, and one of the best ways I've learned how to do that is to talk with others on how they're handling their own lives. This week, I'm chatting with CBS News journalists Laura Podesta and Erica DaCosta. Laura is a CBS News correspondent, BBC News contributor, and also does work for CBS News Radio and CBSN. And Erica is an overnight broadcast associate at CBS This Morning, where she's able to assist producers on stories for the morning show. Having worked at CBS myself as both an intern and as a freelance broadcast associate after I graduated college, I was able to work alongside both of these really talented women. Now, I've always loved news, and I still spend my days watching morning and evening news programs because I love staying informed. But over the past couple of years, I've had a lot of people tell me they don't have time to watch or read the news. And sometimes I've heard that they don't even know where to get their news from. With the 2020 election approaching and everything going on with COVID-19 right now, it's so important to stay well informed and receive updates on what's happening both in our country and around the world. So I really wanted to have Laura and Erica on to talk about this issue, but also share their own accomplishments as journalists and give you a glimpse into the work they do. I do want to address the fact that this episode was filmed back in March, before all of the social distancing and lockdowns came into effect. I also want to stress how important it is that we keep adhering to these rules and guidelines. I'm really excited for you guys to hear from Laura and Erica, so turn up the volume, get comfortable, and enjoy. Well, all right, I'm so excited to kick this episode off. Um, I'm here with two great friends, I'm going to call you friends, <laughs> Erica DeCosta and Laura Podesta. And I've known you both for a little while now, um, Laura. I met you when I was interning at CBS when I was a little itty bitty baby, and uh, it was such a great experience. And we've stayed in contact, which is awesome. And Erica, yeah, stories together? Yes. So oh, so the best. We'll intern. talk about that. Yeah. As an intern, I had so much fun. NewsPath. I'm telling you, it's what a time! I've heard. So much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and, yeah, and then Erica, I met you this past summer, so not that long ago, but good pals. Well, like, <laughs> we, we, we were through some stuff, you yeah. know? <laughs> Old and, um, yeah, I met you through my uh, freelance position that I had there over the summer. And, yeah, so I'm so excited to do this episode, and I feel like journalism is such a broad topic, but such an important one to talk about. And if you guys just want to start off by talking a little bit about your positions and what you do...
1: Yeah, I'll start. Okay. Um, Yeah, so I'm Erica, and I'm an overnight broadcast associate at CBS This Morning. Um, So basically, um, I catch pieces that dayside producers start. So I mainly focus on day-to-day pieces instead of like the evergreen feature stories. And the producers will start it during the day, write the scripts, and then I basically follow through overnight. If anything changes, I'm working with editors, I'm taking their pictures and videos and cutting everything together as the story evolves overnight, just making sure everything looks smooth and that it hits the air nicely.
2: (laughs) Yeah, That's, uh, in many ways, has a lot of overlaps with what I do because I'm an overnight correspondent for CBS News. So I put together stories to present for the 4 a.m. news and the 4 a.m. morning news we call it and I'm basically doing the top story of the day whether it's something out of Washington D.C. something that President Trump did or said or right now coronavirus is one of our top stories or anything international, really whatever's breaking overnight, I put together for the 4 a.m. news and then I also am a contributor to the BBC News I also work for CBSN AM which is our streaming newscasts and I do work for CBS News Radio as well as all of the affiliates, the two hundred plus CBS affiliates nationwide. So I'm kind of like the CBS voice for the overnight morning hours.
1: Mm-hmm. How do you breathe? That
0: sounds
2: like so much <laughs> And I have a baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um it's well it's come with sp- with a lot of preparation and years and years of working in journalism, which yeah. I'm sure Kat will want to get into. Yeah, and I guess, and
0: I've talked a little bit about my, you know, history, I think, with media in the past, um, but like I said, I did. I worked as an intern in college at uh, CBS NewsPath, and that's how I met Laura and some other really amazing uh, reporters, and it was such an awesome internship, I think. Like, when I first got it, I had, not really a clue what NewsPath was or really did. You know, I knew they worked with affiliates, but Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's, it's really hard to know what goes on in that sector. So I was just so glad because I really got to, I felt being the only intern in the department, like I was so hands-on with everything and they sent me out on shoots all the time, which is how, you know, I really got to know you and a ton of other awesome people there. And it was cool. Yeah. They even gave me, I remember, I think my last day, they sent me out to a red carpet event and that's how I got I got to talk with Shaq and oh, uh, Steve so Buscemi. What? Was it, yeah, it was like, down on Wall Street, um, was it I think. The Grammys
2: or the Emmy's. Sometimes no, it was really cool it, it was at a I stock brokerage. The it. Shaq it, was there. So,
0: Shaq was so there. It was an award N- show. It was everyone was there. Head. Bill Clinton was there. I mean, it was a star-studded Whoa. event. Um But they sent me to a stock brokerage. I don't know anything about, like, the economy, so I was very nervous. (laughs) But they were like, no, 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 you just go, and we have to get, it was a charity event. So, you know, the ones where you see people call in, celebrities pick up the phone, little conversation. And they sent me to it, and I just had to talk to, like, celebrities about why, you know, they came and what charity they were representing. So it was really cool, and I got to talk to Shaq and uh, Shaquille O'Neal and uh Steve Buscemi who was so awesome and he was great well he I had no idea um I was like researching quickly before but he was a firefighter which I think is so cool and that was his charity representing was FDNY and it was like some other uh fire association firefighter association but um it was it was really fun and Just some great experiences came out of that. And then I ended up back at CBS after I graduated and I met Erica there. We were overnight BAs together, differing schedules. But um, (laughs) yeah, we were we had some good times. And I also had some really amazing, you know, experiences through that as well. Uh, but now i'm in a completely different world I'm in marketing, and so it's normal. still <laughs> I'm so, so normal <laughs> <hours>? <laughs> ten to six thirty
1: oh. <laughs> it, yeah so nice. normalcy has kicked sleeping. in
0: oh yeah it's been it's been good <laughs> but uh yeah, so that's I guess my story with it. but I really want to you know hear from you guys. so with journalism, I'm so excited because I feel like you both are in you know you've done some different things uh, whether it be your career and then your short time since graduating you've done some really cool internships as well so I'd love to hear from you know you guys whoever wants to start it off first about how you really got into media and I guess your passion with that was it something you grew up with did you know you wanted to go into it like right away I, I know for me I knew I wanted to write like as soon as you know I that was, was
2: the <laughs> exact reason I got into it. Actually, was really, writing, because I had studied history for so long and was writing so many papers uh-huh. that would be synopses of whatever book I was reading or whatever mm-hmm. historical event I'd have to like condense into this paper. And I really enjoyed it. Like I was kind of a nerd, and I was mm-hmm. like, "What kind of line of work would allow me to constantly be reading and, and mm-hmm. paraphrasing things?" And would allow me to travel and do all the other things I liked. And I just realized news mm-hmm. was kind of where it's at. And I didn't know what aspect of news to go into. I was thinking magazines, like travel and leisure, lots of pretty pictures and lots of travel. I was thinking radio because I liked singing. So I, I, I loved the radio growing up. Mm-hmm. But then TV news kind of presented itself to me. It, it just... I, I started reading more and more about people like Katie Couric, Brian Williams, and their backgrounds were also in English and history. So I thought it would set mm-hmm. me up well for journalism. And then I got an internship yeah. at the CBS affiliate in Pittsburgh, KDKA. Um, is that so how everything took off at CBS? That kind of was. Well, it yes. not necessarily with CBS, but they allowed me to go out on stories do shoots, put together a little reel, mm-hmm. and I, I wasn't put on the air there, of course, because I was just a college grad, or a, a college senior at that point, but it allowed me to really see what TV news was all about, and that's how I made my reel, and then got the next job, and next job beyond that's,
0: that. Yeah, you went to 30. Chicago as well, right? You're in Chicago? Yeah,
2: I didn't go to Chicago f- until, I'm 32, so <laughs> I started when I was, you know, nine, when, when do we graduate? 22?
0: Yeah, 22? Yeah. So
2: I went to KDKA, and then I graduated during the recession. So I was really trying to find yeah. any on-air job. They were all being taken by people that had broadcast backgrounds, like mm-hmm. people that graduated from USC and Northwestern. I had graduated with a history major, so I had like a good internship in my pocket, but I didn't have this breadth of experience that people that had studied it for four years did. Right. So I took any job, and I ended up with News 12, Connecticut as a producer overnight producer I slowly went out with photographers whenever I could put together another reel got a job at their sister station News 12 the Bronx where I was a one-man band lugging my gear around the Bronx (laughs) my gear was actually stolen at one point I had to chase after the guys that stole it (laughs) they could not believe I was actually chasing after them and they dropped it and thankfully I kept my job and kept the gear stop (laughs) And then beyond oh, awesome. and then after <laughs> that for two and a half years I was like, I cannot shoot my own stuff in the Bronx anymore. This is it's exhausting. It was yeah. really fun to learn how to shoot and edit, but I was like, I need to just concentrate on reporting. And then I went to Albuquerque, <laughs> New Mexico for two and a half years, worked wow. so hard there, and then went to Chicago for two years and then got the network job.
1: This that sounds crazy. like so much hustle. It was yeah. a lot of hustle. And but it was really have so fun. so much admiration for people in local news because whenever I hear their stories, it's like they really do everything. Like they're really mm-hmm. the ones like lugging around the gear and sometimes like the on-camera anchors are the ones like carrying their own gear and like right. doing setting up their own camera and doing their shots and then going back and editing it themselves and like really like all mm-hmm. together. They're so, they have so many hats.
0: Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. That's so incredible. I had no idea you bounced, you know, around so much and...
2: I did. It was, I think the hardest part was not the amount of work. It was more leaving like friends and family and boyfriends mm-hmm. to go to another city.
0: Starting and over. Or,
2: and starting over. Yeah. And also not knowing if this was going to lead to something better. Mm. I mean, you were hoping, okay, I'm moving to a different market to get more experience. But for example, when I was leaving the Bronx, New York, to go to Albuquerque, New Mexico, to a lot of right. people that seems like ridiculous, why leave New York City to go to Albuquerque? But mm-hmm. it was because in New York City, in the Bronx, I was working for a small cable network. I was lugging my gear around. I wasn't getting better at right. my job. So I just had I realized I need to get better and more experience, and that's going to mean not shooting and editing my own stuff. I need to focus on reporting. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And then interesting with that, because that's quite, you know, a wide variety of places. I mean, I'm guessing the stories clearly change. I mean, just between East and West Coast.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, in New Mexico, I was covering wildfires. I was covering monsoon rains. <laughs> Those are two stories that are <laughs> a, not fighting in Not fighting in the Bronx,
0: yeah. <laughs> right?
2: Um, I was covering things like drug busts that... Um, with, like, methamphetamine, I was covering a lot of major kinds of pile-ups that you wouldn't mm-hmm. see in the Bronx, necessarily, but because the highways in the West are just larger and you can go faster. Right. I mean, local news stories differ crazily, like, across the... From state mm-hmm. to state, really. So, I, I covered a lot of Breaking Bad stuff, because Breaking Bad was changed <laughs> while <laughs> I was an advocacy. Yeah. So... I mean, it was it was really good experience, and I'm glad I went there. It was hard to leave friends and family, but overall,
0: yeah, you're better for it. it I, am, yeah. I am. I am. Gotcha. got you're got where, where you are. Today. Yeah, oh, that's I would
2: definitely. I would go back and tell my younger self, chill out. Mm-hmm. This is the right move. Like, go with your gut. And yeah, I did. Because it can be scary. I'm
1: sure. I mean, I've never like, done you know traveling to be on air, but. I'm sure it can be scary, like bouncing around different places and like not like wondering if it's gonna like lead somewhere like that. But I'm—it's amazing your story that you like kept that faith and you like got to New York Network. Mm-hmm. It That's took amazing. a lot of faith. I was like, <laughs> please God, please make this work. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: and then how about you, Erica? I well, mean,
1: <laughs> yeah. my path isn't as winded as hers. It's pretty much straightforward. Well, it's an
2: earlier path because you're yeah. younger, so yeah. your path is just beginning.
1: <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. Um, so, I graduated in May. Um, mm-hmm. That's so weird. It hasn't even been a year, but it feels like it's been like decades. I feel like so much has happened. I since know.
0: I've graduated. I said, well, because I graduated in May too. And I was just, I was with a friend last night from college. And I said, dude, how has it been almost a year? I feel like I've lived like nine different lives. Mm-hmm. And it's it's insane yeah yeah may anyways I I was
1: like a baby back then I don't even like recognize myself like I've experienced (laughs) so much I was like what's college you that's so weird I was so different then (laughs) um but yeah I started um so sorry what was the question do you just no
0: you're yeah just how you know What was your passion growing up? I mean, was it media? Did you have an interest in writing? Or no, I'm seeing a shaking (laughs) head.
1: (laughs) Um, I didn't know I wanted to do like TV or news or anything Mm. like that until like the middle of my college. When I graduated from high school, I was like very lost. I did not know what I wanted to do at all. Um, But once I picked my journalism major, I picked it because I I loved telling stories and I wanted people to be informed and educated, and I thought that was so important. And I Mm -hmm. loved like piecing. Like, I loved presenting information like that. Um, Sure. And once I decided on my major and I looked back, I realized that I've always loved doing that. I just didn't know, like, I couldn't pinpoint a label and what to major in. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, looking back, I've always loved telling stories and um, sharing experiences. And, like, especially with, like, underprivileged communities or people who don't have a voice, like, making sure that their voices are heard. Um, And then it it, it had a name all of a sudden. (laughs) It had journalism. But I only founded that in... I found that in like, sophomore year
2: of of college. How How did you choose CBS or get to CBS Network?
1: So I applied for so many, (laughs) it's almost embarrassing, I applied to so many internships, like, everywhere, NBC, ABC, CBS, Mm -hmm. uh, late shows, like, anything. I just wanted an internship experience, and I actually applied to CBS internship, like, three or four times before they even interviewed me. I kept applying every semester. That's what you have to do, though. And then finally, I got an interview, and then they still rejected me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got, then next semester, I got an interview, and then the, the lady who interviewed me remembered me. She's like, Oh, you've applied quite a few times. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. Um, but then I got it. So I think, like, sometimes people look at, like, my like me at CBS National News right after I graduated and, I'm like, wow, she's so lucky. She, like, I'm like, no, nope. there was a lot of applying and a lot of rejection before right. I even, yeah, got there. So I interned at CBS Evening News first in the research department. Um, it was so neat, like, being in college, and I felt like I was, like, in the FBI, because they'd actually be <laughs> on, like, the phone with the FBI, like, getting
0: information. <laughs> like, they're, like, the actual It literally
1: engineers. was, like, the <laughs> It was so cool. They'd be, like, yeah, on the phone with, like, such, like, like, the head of this department or that department of state, and I'm, like, whoa, they were, like, mm-hmm. getting the scoop. Um, and then I interned at CBSN. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, uh, I, I started with, like, running the teleprompter, and then they actually started letting me, like, write stories. It was I, like, make the headlines, <laughs> like, the, the bars, the story bars. Um, and then uh, I knew I wanted to work at CBS this morning. There was just, like, a draw towards the show. I loved the stories they were telling. I, mm-hmm. I just really loved the energy that the show brought. So I would, like, rant. I didn't, I had no business being in any of the CBS This Morning meetings. But I would just, like, show up to the meetings. And I would actually, like, pitch some so, stories. I and, love like, that. And I just, like... So, like, people started thinking <laughs> I worked there. I guess, um, and I was working. Full, I was still in college, but I was like, interning full time at um, CBS NewsPath, but going to CBS this morning meetings. And then I heard there was an opening, a job position mm-hmm. at CBS this morning. And then I told the hiring manager, I was like, "Look, because <laughs> they only were accepting graduates," but I was like, "Come, like." Come on! Yeah, I'm almost graduated. I have a few more months. Like, I'm working here full time, basically. Just give me, just give me the job.
2: And <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that worked out.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing.
2: What kind of? Can I just ask you? Yeah, questions? of but course. What stories were you pitching that they were like, "This is great," or did they? Did anyone make air? Um, I'm not sure if any of them made air. I never like followed up with it because
1: I like didn't work there, so I didn't really know the process yeah. or, and things like that. But I, I just like the energy of the show, and I. And I saw the kinds of pitches they were doing. I don't remember the stories, the exact stories I pitched, but
0: yeah. Well, that's the one thing that I think is really awesome is even in my time there, I I always felt, at least for me, I always felt very like that every pitch meeting I was in, people wanted to know what you had to say. Mm-hmm. You know, like never, like I never felt ever shy or like nervous. Like, oh, like I'm just, you know, I'm just a, a, an associate. Like, I don't know anything like No, everybody always loved to hear what you had to say. And even if you had an idea and they didn't go with it, they were still just like, yeah, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Like, like send me more info. Like I'd be, I'd love to hear about it. And, uh, yeah. And even when I was an intern at Newspath, um, just what you said, like going into pitch meetings and just, you weren't even invited, but you go, I think that's so smart and so awesome. I had met somebody, uh, when I was working at Newspath who said to me, Hey, you know, if you, you ever have free time during the day and want to go up to like the 48 hours pitch meetings with Z, like, feel free to, you know, <laughs> let me know. And I was just like, next day I walked in and I was like, I would love to go up. Yeah. And I started going up to the the 48 hours meetings That's and so cool. I just sat in the room of like 10 people and got to hear, like, even if I didn't, you know, know what was going on in the show at all or, you know, what their plans were for the episodes, I just loved to sit and listen and hear and speak up when I wanted to. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: What's crazy, you mentioned like Z was going to be there. When I remember my first thought as an intern was people like Z or like Diana Miller and like all the executives, they genuinely cared about like your voice. Mm -hmm. Like I was so... not surprised like she's a wonderful person but like i just didn't expect like as an intern in a meeting like for the executive producer to like ask me more questions about my pitches and to ask me to send it to her and be so interested in what i was saying
0: yeah well that's the thing i find it so funny talking to friends you know who had even worked in media and interned in media and you know hearing their sides of stories saying like oh yeah like i was just an intern like i'd go get coffee and i'd go that was never my experience. I mean, I always felt so encouraged. Like if I had an idea to share it, if I wanted to have more hands-on opportunities to like ask for it and be granted it most of the time, like it was such an amazing experience. So yeah, I completely agree. (laughs) But I want to know, I'm curious, where are both of you like originally from? Like where'd you grow up?
2: Darien, Connecticut.
0: Okay, I thought you were Connecticut. So I was
1: born in India. I was born in Calcutta, India. That's amazing. Did you not know that? I didn't know that. (laughs) Um, And then I came here when I was a kid and I went to school here. Um, I grew up in Jersey, in South Jersey. Um, Wow. And then I moved to Central Jersey, Rutgers, for college. Mm -hmm. And now I'm in North Jersey, in Jersey
0: City. Awesome. Yeah, I just. These coasters. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I was curious, though, to. To know because I, for me, and I think I've talked about this on here before, I'm from a very small town. So, I mean, any, if you wanted to have any sort of career in media or entertainment, I mean, your only options were like the local newspaper or, you know, the local channel, which was like a half hour, 45 minutes away from my house. So, it, you know, there weren't a ton of opportunities. And I was the type of person like very young. I, we said like, I wanted to write. I just was so motivated. I knew I wanted to like go to school in New York city or just like get out of town, not in like a bad way, but just, I knew I needed more and I needed to be like having more opportunities and taking advantage of things. And I unfortunately just didn't have that back at home. So my point is that when I decided I wanted to go off to college in New York and told people my major and when they heard journalism the first thing they said was "Mm, so what you want to do with that are you gonna make any money with that and there was such a stigma surrounding it and I'm just curious if either of you ever were you know presented with people's opinions and had to sort of educate them about your passion and your your career and yeah
2: Yeah, I'll speak to that. I had a really hard time when I first graduated to say, I want to be on air, because Mm -hmm. I'd heard so many people saying, people that are on air, they are just so full of themselves. They just want to see themselves on air. And I didn't want to admit to myself or them Mm -hmm. that I wanted to be on air because I was thinking people would think I'm full of myself. So that took me um, some time to get over. Mm -hmm. But I also knew that was where my strength w- it lay in being on air because I had a background in singing and I had a background in writing and, like, presentations.
0: So, uh-huh.
2: so, And I also knew in my heart of hearts, like, when I was producing for someone else and it was my voice, like, in the script, mm-hmm. I was like, I want to be delivering it, too. I feel mm-hmm. jealous and I feel... Like, I was really listening to how I felt. Because when you graduate from college, of course, we're all we're looking at this big wide world. Everyone's telling you the world is your oyster, <laughs> and you're trying to figure out what do I want to do. So you have to do some like deep listening. And everything was like pointing me to be on air, so I was kind of like, screw it. I'm going I'm mm-hmm. to say I want to be on air. But I do remember vividly my aunt telling my dad, and somehow it got back to me, that, oh, she didn't like people that were on air. She, she worked in the State Department, so mm-hmm. she had dealt with reporters before. And just saying, like, are she sure she wants to be on air? They're just all, you know, they're they're only into themselves. And that's still stuck with me. So I think it's so, you have to be so careful when you talk to people, especially at the beginning of their careers, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. stigmas stick. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be careful about protecting your energy and making sure that other people's
1: opinions aren't really getting to you, which is hard to do.
2: Yeah, I think this is, like, there are stigmas with so many different professions. Like, think of lawyers, they're known as cynical, or entrepreneurs are known as crazy, or, I mean, there's stigmas with everything. So, But if you like it, and you're going to pursue it with with everything you got, like, don't even listen to those voices.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say that there was definitely a stigma when I first started, a similar experience, <laughs> like, I had, it was just, like, so hard for me to admit to myself and to other people that I actually wanted to do this, <laughs> even though I, like, I knew I wanted to do it by, like, mid-college, because, well, I'm Indian, so, it, like, there, it's, just, like, a stereotype, but it's actually kind of true that, like, Indian, in the Indian community, like, when you send your kids to college, it's, um not not expected but you know it's admired me you know, when they turn out to be doctors and lawyers and my parents were born in india i was born in india so i'm not even first generation so like the struggle of coming to another country where you like you mm-hmm. know don't know the culture at all and like sending your kids to college and like there's like this a pressure to like be something like quote unquote you know intelligible like like um like an astronaut or like yeah. a lawyer or doctor <laughs> or something um, so when i found myself being geared toward media and being geared toward like TV and news I had to like question myself a lot like is this stupid like is this like um I was putting pressure on myself to like go the doctor and lawyer route um and I got a lot of like are you are you sure like oh oh like people were looking at me like oh okay so you want to do TV and they would just seemed a little like puzzled like I wasn't going Mm -hmm. um when you say people you mean like your family or well yeah like aunts and uncles definitely I felt when my dad, because my dad's so supportive of me in this field and he always has been. Um, but there's a lot of like comparing in the Indian community to like what other kids are doing or like, you know, whose family is doing mm-hmm. what. So I felt like when my dad was telling, you know, my family or other Indian families what I was doing and they were like, oh, my kid's like, you know, this or that, a lawyer, a doctor. Mm-hmm. When he said that, I, I feel like there were a lot of, huh, oh, OK, that's 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 nice. Kind of like, oh, like kind of like demeaning. That's cute but or like maybe like she'll grow out of it type of thing she doesn't like she's young she doesn't know what she really wants yet but I'm glad I stuck with it because my dad's supportive of it and like I know it's really what I want to do and like you said it's it's hard to like block out the other voices but if you know like deep in you like this is your calling like this is what you're good at um then you should go for it because I never really want to look back and like regret like You know, if I turned out to be a doctor, look back and be like, you know, what would have that been like if I got to produce and travel and talk to people and interview them (laughs) about their stories? Like, um, I'm glad for right now that I'm where I'm at.
0: Oh, yeah. No, it was same for me. Like my parents were very supportive. Well, first of all, my mom's a pharmacist and like she never would let me go into anything medical. <laughs> She's like, You're not doing That's it. So I will not allow it. I will There's not so many allow it. That I yeah. Like, I don't want this for you. <laughs> and I was like, all right. Um, but for me, yeah, my my parents are very supportive in my family as well. But I think it's just Some people, I don't even mean by closed-mindedness, I just don't even think they understand all that journalism and that media can do and can be. Mm -hmm. So when, I just remember telling people, like, I want to go into journalism and always having to explain what I wanted to do. Whether it's not like, oh, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a teacher. And they'd be like, oh, cool, awesome, good luck with that. (laughs) Like, it was just, there was always an explanation behind it and it was just exhausting and a little discouraging at times, but... Yeah, you just have to, like, persevere and prove to them, mm-hmm. you know, what all you can do and want to do, and it's, yeah. Yeah, but you're <laughs> so
1: right. There are always, like, follow-up questions now that I'm exactly. thinking about. Like, are you going to make money? Like, what exactly? What does that mean? <laughs> and I'm like, you would never ask. Like, I guess sometimes right. doctors, like, the position can be straightforward, but mm-hmm. I mean, there's well, just it's, so, it's just so broad. Journalism is, there's so much to do with it. And right. now
2: we're also dealing with this whole fake news era, and yep. <laughs> a lot of people now ask me, would you ever work for a Fox News or a CNN? Mm-hmm. Um, because Fox News, you know, leans right, and mm-hmm. CNN, we know, leans left. And I, I mean, there's like a new stigma attached to journalism with like your oh, political yeah. beliefs, which I never dealt with or heard about when I was starting out, like in 2010. Mm-hmm. So... That's a whole nother... You've gotten so polarized, like, in the past like, so decade polarized. that it's a very much forefront conversation now, so, yeah. I think there's one website, and I'm blanking on the name of it, but it basically judges all the different networks on their their lean and their bias, mm-hmm. and CBS, thankfully, is, like, right in the middle, but, like, yeah. NBC even leans left, mm-hmm. according to this website, as does CNN, I don't know where... Well, like, MSNBC
0: lies. is clearly, like, left-leaning. and yeah. it's Yeah, it's tough. And that's why I've always, like... I've always loved CBS, though. And I grew up watching, you know, a ton of different... Like, we always... We pretty much had everything on in my house growing up. Like, ABC, Fox, like, everything. And CBS as well. Um, my parents were always, like, big fans. So I really grew up loving it. And then when I got to college and I had, like, a couple professors that had either worked or were working mm-hmm. at CBS... I loved it even more. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So no bias, I guess, but bias.
1: (laughs) That's so cool to like grow up watching a show or a news network, and like actually working.
0: I know it. It is kind of like someone who I
1: know works at Forty Eight Hours. Like they loved watching crime shows when they were little, (laughs) and like watching Forty Eight Hours, and like that song in the background, like was always in the background of their living room and stuff. That's so cool cool. for like their family to like they're the ones investigating these like murder suicide stories now, and they're the ones working for like the show that they, like, admired.
0: It's such a cool path. It, it is. Full circle. It's fun. Yeah, full circle, <laughs> definitely. Well, that's funny you brought up fake news because uh, that's one of the topics I wanted to discuss. So it's a big topic, but I think over the past couple years, um, I mean, you know, all really started the past few years, and the term has taken on such a big, Meaning, and there's a couple different ways it's used. I mean, there are like actual news stories that are fake, and there's like the facts are not, (laughs) they're alternative facts, I guess you can say. That's where a lot of the whole like fake news stories began popping up, and the term being used by the general public was through, yeah, just seeing stories that were clearly not accurate <laughs> accounts of what happened. And so those are fake news stories, but it's over the past couple of years, I feel like it's been used to discredit actual reporting that, mm-hmm. you know, is accurate. And, you know, the people like work really hard on like getting all the information and putting all the facts together and writing up a report about it and to just label something fake news, I was curious to, you know, see, I mean, you've, you know, worked the past couple years during, you know, the 2016 election when all of this really came up. Did you ever experience that? I mean, I don't even know if you, you know, read stuff online, what people say about your reporting or about CBS reporting, but did you, you know, ever have to deal with people calling stuff fake news? (laughs) Well, I
2: think we're talking about almost two different like spheres of yeah. fake news, because then there's actual fake news that's propagated by like the Russians. Mm-hmm. And that's been reported on and proven that there are Russian quote unquote bots, bots who are yeah. putting ads out that are completely n- not factual mm-hmm. about Hillary Clinton, for example, in the 2016 election. Mm-hmm. So someone's Facebook feed was filled with news that was not true, that was created by these Russian bots. Right. And then we have actual news agencies coming out with reports or articles and the president saying that's fake news. Mm-hmm. So
0: two different kind yeah. of. It's a, that's what I mean. It's a big topic, like, and it's weird because it's used in so many different ways now. Um, but I guess to go this route, because it has been used to, like I said, discredit, you know, information and stories that, journalists have done where it's if it's
2: critical of the president he often says it's fake news right i think because like we're
1: journalists from our perspective it's very easy to to distinguish those two worlds like it's very opposite worlds for us but i feel like for a lot of the general public maybe they're just not as informed or educated about it so it's become this blanket statement for the entire Mm -hmm. field to just say like oh fake news like well we can't Mm -hmm. trust the media we can't trust american journalists
0: because and i will candidly say you know I go on my social media a lot and there are people who, you know, clearly have right views, left views that I'm friends with on Facebook. And I do a lot of times see people taking an article from MSNBC or CBS or like whatever have you and say, ah, fake news. And it's like, well, like let's dissect this. (laughs) I mean, Mm. to throw that out there (laughs) and it, it's having, you know, worked in in media and done even some of my own reporting, not really at CBS, but I've done, you know, reporting elsewhere and for other publications. And when you put that like hard work and effort into it and for somebody to just say, don't believe this, it's not true. Mm-hmm. And for people to actually believe, like believe what they're saying and share it and share it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think it's scary. I don't think it deters me as a journalist in any way because I'm going to continue doing my job Mm -hmm. in hopes that perhaps one day we will have a president that doesn't just discredit it as fake news Mm -hmm. or people will quote unquote wise up and do their own research. I mean, whenever someone says, how do I decipher real news from fake news? I say the best way is to Google search it and try and um, corro- corroborate it with other news agencies. Mm-hmm. Like if you see something on a website you've never really heard about saying something crazy about Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. why don't you copy paste that headline and see if you are also seeing it on NBC, on CBS, on the New York Times, Washington Post? Because mm-hmm. if there's more sources, y- you can assume it's real. If this is the only article, it could be it could have been created by some guy in a right. basement in order to detract from, from what is real. So, but do I find it, I don't think of it as something that's harmful to our profession. I think it's frustrating, mm-hmm. but I think the good work that journalists are doing is going to continue. And I think this is sort of a wave or a bad phase that um, our nation's going through, but at the end of it, we're going to be smarter and better for it.
0: Mm-hmm. So, I feel like we are starting to, and sorry to cut you off, but I feel like we are starting to grow, knock on wood, grow out of it a little bit. Like, I don't hear it as much. As much,
2: Yeah, I don't either. I don't think President Trump says it that much. Yeah. I think he More. doesn't say it
1: anymore, exactly. That's why it's kind of almost, like, <laughs> died down, because he, like, almost created, like, the, like a hot word, for you know, what's it called, like, a hotspot word for it, or just, yeah. like, a, it's like a, a phrase, like a frenzy, almost, into mm-hmm. this, that it was that word was being thrown around like wildfire like a then, fad yeah, yeah exactly like a fad and then he stops and it kind of died down which kind of goes to show like how much people really bought into it that it wasn't probably mm-hmm. wasn't so deep to them because as soon as it stopped being a hot phrase mm-hmm. people didn't care about it as much and mm-hmm. the, the 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 phase of fake media died down a little bit um mm-hmm. But well, I was saying as like a as a fact checker because I used to be a fact checker at CBS for a oh year and I just transitioned into my new position as like the nightside producing. Um, but as a fact checker, I know how sensitive, especially CBS is with airing any kind of fact. Like mm-hmm. we will literally, I go through scripts word for every word, every single word, and make sure that I have like gov references or um, like you said, cross referencing many different websites if we're going to report it and make sure that it's all exactly the same fact same statistic lining up, if there's any kind of discrepancy, like, like, picking up the phone and actually calling, like, the CDC to confirm mm-hmm. something. Um, so we made sure that every single word was being aired correctly. So it is, yeah, like, disheartening and frustrating when people, like, post, like repost an article and be like, no, this is all fake. I'm <laughs> like, mm-hmm. do you know how much time that took yeah. <laughs> to, to make sure that was accurate? So as journalists, we know that, but it's unfortunate that others don't.
0: Well, and I think, you know, regardless of your political affiliations, I think it's really, really, really important for politicians to realize the power that they have over people. I mean, this, I feel like is such an obvious thing, but when, you know, with Trump, if, He's using the term fake news. He has such devout followers and supporters that people are going to want to use that. And that's for, you know, any candidate or any, you know, politician. Like, it's... You just have to watch your words, I guess.
1: Understand the power of your platform. Because it's almost mm-hmm. like he says something that's, like, opens the floodgates of his followers too.
0: Right.
1: To, yeah, to, like, not attack those people. But, like, you know, basically following his footsteps of, of what he's saying. And they... and make the
2: situation so much more heated Mm -hmm. and the tension of America so much more heated and and divisive. Mm -hmm. And I do want to say, every time we put out a script that does go to all 200 CBS affiliates Mm -hmm. or goes on the 4 a.m. news or radio, we are so careful to make sure... Not only are the facts correct, but if we have a Republican voice in there, we have a Democratic Mm -hmm. voice as well. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, we make sure that it's really fair and balanced. Sometimes I think, like, overly so, where we lengthen a piece to a point where I'm like, this is not even good television anymore. You know, (laughs) I I would rather it be a little shorter, but we are so careful to make sure that it's soundbite for soundbite in length, in impact, that's equal. Mm -hmm. Because we don't ever want to... We don't ever want to discredit ourselves as a biased agency. We want to make sure people can trust us, that we're fair, Mm -hmm. um, and that, yeah, we're balanced.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, and that's another thing, too. Like, viewership is so important these days with, I mean, social media. And just there's so many different ways to get your news. I mean, you really want to have an audience who believes and trusts the reporting that you're doing. So it, ma- it makes the job, I'm sure, even more harder. <laughs> but so I guess to um, quickly digress, social media. <laughs> mm-hmm. It has changed the game, I think we can say. It, I mean, I even know that's a lot of times in the morning, it's nice because I do get to turn on my news and like I'll watch. I like to watch. <laughs> my girl Gail <laughs> CBS this morning. Um, I Gail. yeah, shout out to Gail always. Um, I do yeah, I do like to watch my news in the morning. Sometimes I'll put on Good Morning America. You know, I, I like to keep <laughs> my options open. Oh, dear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Only CBS this morning. Only CBS property. Yes, um, but. You know, a lot of the times if I'm in a jam and don't have the time, I go on Twitter a lot, which I feel like is have so many people, maybe not to say get their news, but stay informed and stay updated, Quickly. especially. Yeah. Yes. Like I know i unfortunate to say, but like if there is a shooting or something, I immediately go to Twitter because that is like you're getting actual live Updates. Yeah. Updates mm-hmm. um, from people who are actually there, yeah. like on the ground. Sometimes, right. like mm-hmm. people who are
1: involved in it, like
0: the yeah. yeah. If something like that happens and it's so quick, like a <laughs> it's going to take a while for a journalist and a cameraman to like hop Buy in the a car ticket, and fly yeah, to somewhere
1: <laughs> and, yeah. Get a producer on the ground, set up the camera. So <laughs> yeah,
0: it it's definitely you know it's been interesting to see the evolution of it and the growth of it all. I want to get your opinion because how has this I mean, you know, you you've been reporting in the field, and to see this this change in social media and how you know Americans and people all over the globe are using it to stay informed, has it made your position as a reporter harder? As it brought some benefits along. I mean,
2: I think it's made my job easier. The pros are what you've just described, where we can get instant facts from mm-hmm. people on the ground who are witnessing events yeah. and we can quickly contact them through a direct message we can get photos because mm-hmm. they've posted a photo or a video and we basically are getting news 24 7 right that's also the con because I think it's so hard to decipher what's a major news event now versus what's just kind of 15 minutes of fame mm-hmm. and some big issues are forgotten even like three days later because right. of the fact news is just happening all the time mm-hmm. and every, every story feels really big and really mm-hmm. breaking because of Twitter and because of, and because of maybe cable news and how it's a 24-7 news cycle. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes the overarching stories that are really important to our society as a whole and really important to America as a whole mm-hmm. are forgotten because we're kind of jumping from whatever, big fire to big fire to big shooting to big shooting, Without right. stopping to breathe and say, like, why are we having so many shootings or why
0: are we having exactly. so many that's, wildfires? Yeah, that's a really important point to make. Mm. Um, and I wish, I wish there was time to, you know, discuss all that. And, well, the one thing I will say, CBS did something really cool. Was it, like, last month or maybe two months ago? I think it was a while ago. But they did a mental health day. Yeah. Which I thought was really, really awesome. They devoted... Um, the entire was it, 8 the am in- hours? So yeah, like we have,
1: it's not even a special report. It's really just like the entire show is going to be kind of like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we devoted our whole show towards mental health, and we like just so many angles on it, so many different factors, mm-hmm. so many different discussions. We had a lot of um celebrities or like just iconic people in general who have, who have a lot of um information about this, a lot of experience about it, mm-hmm. um to speak on the issues, and it was great. I thought it was so informative. And so many people tuned in and so many people had supporting, th- supportive things to say. And mm-hmm. we got phone calls at, like, the BA desk from people saying, like, you know, this really helped. Like, thank you guys so much for covering something like this. We had professors calling us asking to use wow. what we aired on TV in, like, their classroom. So it was so cool to see, like, wow, like, we're actually making an impact, like, getting into the classrooms mm-hmm. of people. And, like, having these really important discussions about mental health and like you said, having that breathing room instead of just covering crazy stories. Yeah. No, that was such an amazing one-hour
2: segment. Mm -hmm. Do you think social media, like personally, social media for me is so all-encompassing. I actually just deleted my Twitter and Instagram app for lunch. So for 40 days, I'm not going to have Instagram and I'm not going to have Twitter, (gasps) which has been, I mean, I do have Twitter (laughs) at work, like in a case I need to see what the president tweets or something important, but... Overall, it's not on my phone. I'm definitely not looking at it, like, on the weekends or after work.
0: Here I thought I was crazy. I gave up meat, and I was like, oh, the sacrifice. (laughs) But social media, that's... that's (laughs) real
2: stuff. I mean, every year I try and give up something that's going to, like, drastically change my life. And so far, Mm -hmm. this has. I have not missed it in the least. Really? Wow. I just found myself scrolling, like, aimlessly for way too much time. You get on a deep dive. (laughs) It's bad. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) many deep dives into the stupidest stuff. (laughs)
0: but yeah I mean I think having that episode or segment um but doing it for you know an hour long and shining light on an issue that really needs to be talked about I think was really interesting and inspiring to do because like you said these things keep happening I mean how many like the statistics for whether it be mental health, the shootings, I, there's so much out, the climate change, like mm-hmm. there's so much going on in the world. And like, yeah, we're reporting on it, but I think to take the time to sit down and talk about it is a really great way to not only like educate, but get people to care about certain mm-hmm. issues. Um, so I, I just thought when they did that, that was awesome.
1: And also like break it down in the sense that like, I know so many people that, like, when there was, like, so many, like, strings of mass shootings, and unfortunately, there still are, but, like, people, like, a lot of my friends would just not watch the news anymore, because they just didn't want that negative energy. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't deal with, like, the news constantly, like, um, like showing all this information, right. this negative information. So, I think something like the mental health show, it was great to, like, show how, like, like it impacts people like show how the news impacts mm-hmm. people and like what they can do as viewers and how they can who they can talk to and how they can get involved in certain things and what outlets they have and just everything around surrounding mental health and news together it wasn't just like we're telling you the story the story the story
0: sure that's awesome but i guess you know <laughs> we've been talking for a little bit now and i i do i know you both have places to be so i'll wrap it up i have like a couple more questions but I guess just in summary, where do you, so with the changes we've seen already with social media, I mean, where do you see it going in the future and how you at least, I mean, as reporters and as people working in media, like how you want to try and incorporate that into the jobs you're doing, if that makes sense. (laughs) Well,
2: we started with, we started Eye on the Day, which Mm -hmm. is our one minute, 30 second quick newscast of the top three stories mm-hmm. and it always ends with like a question or a lighter subject in order to keep people from feeling so down after <laughs> hearing some of the top stories of the day and that's we put that out on Facebook we, for all the CBS affiliates nationwide they can use that on Twitter, Facebook, their Instagram pages, on their websites, mm-hmm. wherever they want to put it and that's kind of our way of like here's the news in a in a bite size format for you and Hopefully it gets them to turn on their TV and watch the local newscast. Right. But if it doesn't, hey, at least it's still like a CBS, the CBS eye is on it. So that's mm-hmm. kind of how we're segueing into social media.
0: I love that you started doing that because I think it's so great. Um, you started it over the summer, right?
2: Yeah, it, it was yeah. like September.
0: Okay. I just think it's such an awesome thing to do because, I mean, unfortunately, we live in, like, the type of society where people want stuff quick and fast. And And I feel
2: like so many people wake up, they immediately grab their phone, they want to know what the news is, and it's just, like, a minute and a half. They don't even have to turn on the volume because we (laughs) sub-caption everything. So they don't even have to, like, listen to my voice if they don't want to. They just read it.
0: But they should. (laughs) Um, But, no, I think it's really great, and it has like, sort of all the variety you need, like, definitely get your serious story, get some lighthearted fun, and I think it's awesome, and a great way to utilize, I guess, the fast-paced nature of social media and using different platforms to distribute news, uh, but how about you over there? So the
1: question was, like, how are we moving towards social media? As, like, yeah,
0: in as journalists, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like just it used to be I think just with Twitter, but now with Instagram. I mean, you have people posting like citizen journalists posting videos online and mm-hmm. there's so much stuff happening. I how have you seen, you know, changes and do you think it's, you know, gonna evolve even more and impact reporting and stuff that you're doing?
1: Yeah, I've seen so many changes. I remember when Snapchat came out in high school and it was just about sending like you know three second pictures to someone. Mm -hmm. And now if you go on like this Snapchat news section, like that's where a lot of my friends like get their news from. (laughs) So and I I think there's like this demissive, dismissive um feel towards about like, oh, you're getting your your news from like social media or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important like we talked about it before to like cross reference your facts and make sure you're listening to different outlets. But instead of, like, being dismissive towards it, I think we should, like, understand, like, if that's where the attention is right now and that's where the market is and that's where Mm -hmm. our generation is as a whole, then, like, cater to that and, like, put great news stories on those platforms instead of saying, Mm -hmm. like, oh, that's Snapchat. Like, no one's, you know, that's just for taking pictures or whatever. Um, And I think it's a great outlet. I think Mm -hmm. social media is a great outlet to to make sure that that's getting, that everyone is being informed, all types of generations. Because, like, not everyone has like, two hours in the morning to, you know, watch Good Morning America or CBS yeah. This Morning. So right. everyone's on the go, everyone's on their phone, and I think, like, what CBS on, like, on... Eye, eye on said, the Day. Yeah, Eye on the Day. Um, like, that's such a great idea for to cater towards, like, what our mm-hmm.
2: generation is like these days. It's not always going to be, you know, have time to watch a two-hour show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I, don't, I don't like when people say, oh, social media's killing news, or, like, yeah. what's going to happen to TV news? Because at the end of the day, the stories... Mm -hmm. are staying the same. Like, you can have an amazing Steve Hartman piece and put it on Snapchat, and people are still going to love it. It's not Uh like Snapchat is killing TV news or vice versa. Right. The the content is always the money maker, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. The the feel-good stories, the the facts, the investigations, that's what people want. Where they see it, I don't really care. It's Mm -hmm. just because my job is to gather the facts. Mm -hmm.
0: Right. And I think it's fun to, in a way, you know, for people who, reporters and who use social media to showcase their lives and stories they're doing mm-hmm. it's fun yeah. like i really enjoy i think uh diana miller and vlad like they yes. do they do their little thing up. it's like so it's, cute i think people yeah. <laughs> well, like
1: it makes it so much more exciting and makes yeah. it, like, people want to listen to it because like the executive producers are just like having a fun conversation with the correspondent and laughing and dancing uh-huh. that, and things and like that, that. they don't do it enough thanks. they, they don't. do not like every week yeah. they did it was so fun <laughs> and like i've i was just talking um to like the social media team about how they've changed their instagram so much because now if you watch like cbs this morning instagram stories mm-hmm. it's not just like reposting stuff that was shown on air it's it's like really getting um interactive with their audience and now they're oh, posting yeah. like um what do you call like you know the voting thing on instagram yeah like, they'll ask like oh like how like what do you think um bernie sanders should be doing this week after the super tuesday and like mm-hmm. you can actually vote in and like watch the new segment on it and it's very it's right. very attention um Gathering
0: uh, and they do yeah they do a lot of quizzes to see like okay were you watching this right uh, you know, like let's test. <laughs> I'll
1: like produce a segment and then do that and,
0: and get so wrong.
1: I'll be, I'll be so <laughs> brave right? I'll like get some of the questions wrong, and I'm like, I just did that. That's super <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's, that's nice side shifts for you.
0: <laughs> but but yeah, it's so fun, and it's great to see people's I guess. Reporters' personalities through that. I think, yeah, Tony DeCoppel goes on the Instagram yeah. stories a lot and it's so funny. I Love the
2: behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah. He's
0: it's good at great. That. Yeah, <laughs> like
1: while he's tying his tie in the morning. Yes. He his comments like, "So today, guys, he's
0: great." It's <laughs> the content we need, so it's awesome. Uh, but yeah, and I, I would agree. I think you know people can argue. You know, social media is destroying the world, and to some points, I can see that. Like it's it can be a negative space, but in terms of distributing media, I think it's sort of interesting. Yeah. I mean, like I said, Twitter, like, I I love going on and just having, you know, on even on my phone, just having all my different apps, like my New York Times, my Washington Post, sending me headlines throughout the, de- throughout the day. I can literally look and say, oh, I want to read about this and swipe mm-hmm. and start reading or watching. Uh, it's, it's awesome, I think. <laughs> but... I guess to conclude, we'll conclude with this. I'm interested to hear, I mean, you guys have done a lot, whether it's in your short few years since graduating and like the internships you had in college. And then you have obviously had such a wild ride just in your time since graduating. Just
2: (laughs) distances,
0: cities. Um, I'm interested, what would you say were some of your, maybe if you have like a favorite story that you did or like a favorite oh, moment. I get this
2: question a lot. And it's always so funny. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then in general, just you something that you've so really learned things. along, along the way. So
2: many topics you've, I would so say, oh, you go first. No, I feel
1: like I had an answer. Like so I, someone either asked me that or I thought about that like a couple months ago and I had a definite answer. So I'm trying to Go back and think about what well,
0: I know. No worries. All right,
2: I know mine. Okay. I figured it out. So, <laughs> when I was in Chicago, there was a police shooting that gained national attention. It was mm-hmm. Laquan McDonald. Mm-hmm. He was, I'm gonna, I should I remember, he was 17. 17 years old, yeah. and he was shot 16 times by a white police officer. And for over a year, the knowledge about how this shooting went down was unknown. And it Mm -hmm. took a freelance reporter suing the city of Chicago for the police video on their lapels or on their um, dash Mm -hmm. cam for it to come to light that this guy had been walking away from police when he was shot 16 times, mostly in the back. And when that video came out, there Mm -hmm. was there were massive protests throughout the streets of Chicago. And I was the reporter that was the nightside reporter assigned to this story. They did not know it was going to blow up and there were going to be massive protests. Mm -hmm. We thought there was going to be one protest from one police precinct to downtown and maybe like a dozen people. Well, it grew and grew and grew to hundreds of people and roads Mm -hmm. being shut down. And so I was walking with protesters who were so angry. I've never felt nervous about being a reporter, but there was so much anger that Mm -hmm. people didn't really know who to direct it to. And I think sometimes the media, we get caught up as like maybe the man, like maybe Mm -hmm. we are on the side of the police or the side of the city. So there were, there was a lot of anger directed even toward me and the media. Mm -hmm. And I walked something like 10 miles that day with the protesters and we kind of went my photographer had a backpack on him that would Mm -hmm. allow us to go live it was called a tvu and they would just keep coming to me and I'd be reporting from the streets wherever I was at which intersection was now shut down Mm -hmm. and that was like one of the most incredible stories I've ever done not only because it was of the injustice of it all Mm -hmm. but also the fact that it was just breaking news it'll always stick with me how I was in the middle of this news event and I, people were turning on their TV to find out what was going on because they were looking down at the street covered in people Mm -hmm. and they didn't know what was happening exactly. And it was up to me to really describe why these people were so mad and it was just a, yeah, it'll stick with me forever.
0: That's wild.
1: That's so amazing. That's like so like admirable and like brave that like, 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 journalists, like, you, like, really go into their, like, into those situations and able to, like, tell the stories, like, from the ground and, like, feel that energy, feel that anger, feel, like, all the emotions that come with it. It's a
2: responsibility. Yeah. Because I think for a, a lot of people that were watching, if I described it, I, I mean, you want to convey it how, you want it to convey it fair and balanced. Because yeah. later on, there was a trial. Later on, mm-hmm. this police officer was found guilty. At right. the time, in the middle of this protest, you can't say this guy shot and killed a, um, a black teen and it, it was wrong. You, mm-hmm. you, had to, you had to phrase it because that guy hadn't been convicted yet. The police officer hadn't yet. We had a, a teenager who was dead, mm-hmm. but you had to be so careful to not um, convict the police officer yourself as a reporter. You have mm-hmm. to wait for that trial right. to happen but you had all these angry protesters, so you also had to tell their voice. So it's Mm -hmm. like, that is one of the hardest parts of this job is you have to remember there are two sides to every story. And when you're going live and you don't have a script in front of you, you have to always remember, like, the mother of that, of Laquan McDonald, is probably watching this, but the mother of that police officer is probably watching this. And they want both voices Mm
0: -hmm. to
2: be heard.
0: Yeah. And I'm glad you said that, because I feel like, you know, talking about this before with stigmas and certain preconceived notions of stuff. But with journalism, a lot of people think, like, if you're a reporter, you're just getting your hair and makeup done and reading something that somebody wrote for you. And 99% of the time, that's not at all the case. Like, you are on the ground, going through all the motions, working with people where I'm sure a lot of the times it, like, emotionally, it's tough. And, yeah, I'm I'm glad that you shared that because it's journalism is so not that and it's it's so <laughs> It
2: can be fun. I mean, there are yeah. times you get to put on makeup and get to do a fun story or like an awards thing or uh-huh. red carpet, but yeah, a lot of the time you're in situations where you're like like I I don't want to like take over this question, but I another story that really sticks in mm-hmm. my head is um, there was a car crash where an entire family except for the sister died. Oh, wow. Was it the limo? Was no, um, l- on Long Island. Yeah. No, this, okay. was, this was in Chicago, okay. too. And I went to go knock on the door, because as mm-hmm. a local reporter, you have to get sound from the yeah. family or whatever, any relative. And I knocked on the door, and, and the sister answered. And you, I had to ask her, will you talk to me? And I knew her yeah. entire family had just died, mm-hmm. and it, like two hours before. I wasn't telling her that her she knew that her family had passed right. by that point, but to ask someone to like bear their all their emotions
0: yeah it's tough
2: yeah i it's not a part of the job that's fun at all
0: mm-hmm. yeah, I can I, imagine that sounds so crazy,
2: yeah, to see like that kind yeah, of yeah. raw emotion like a foot away from you at the front door
0: mm. Wow. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, yeah, I mean, I I don't really have much to say to that. It's, there's a lot of tough days, for sure.
1: Because it really does show that side of journalism, like it isn't all like, you know, and, like, that stuff stays with you, like you said. A yeah. lot of people, I think, it's, they cast away media as, like, the bad guys because we jump from story to story all the time and, like, we're doing breaking news That stuff comes in all the time every single day. But, like, we don't understand, like, we are people, too. Like, mm-hmm. we really, when we go to tell these stories and it, it has emotional impact on us, it really stays with us. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we connect to these people. Mm-hmm. I know whenever I talk to, like, the booking team, because, like, we have a booking team at uh, CBS this morning, like, they tell often, like, say, tell stories like that. Like, because they're the first people to reach out to people when something happens. So like it's not fun like when there's a shooting and you have to call like the mother of the son right. and be like, you know do you want to sh- do you want to share your story is is this something are you ready to speak about your son and it, it's mm-hmm. not easy at all for them, no um, it's not easy on anyone it's just it's just a bad situation,
0: mm-hmm. and I mean for you Erica like did you experience you know a big whether like it be a, a sad or like a really you know happy moment that you were you know working on you
2: yeah, pick a happy one just you do get to do really fun stuff on ctm mostly i work on like
1: day-to-day the day-to-day stories that are usually the hard-hitting a block yeah, stories yeah. <laughs> usually like politics coronavirus people dying um <laughs> but like sometimes like the other day i mean i got to catch like a fun Okay, well, first, how about I share something serious, and then I'll share the fun thing sure, about it. Yeah. Okay, so, like, I remember, this was actually in college, when I was um, an editor, the news editor at my uh, college newspaper, and I had uh-huh. to, it was, it, was, it was a really sad story. It was about the, there were a couple tragic passing away, a students passing away that semester, and basically, there was a vigil a vigil at the end of the semester that honored all those students and all the families and Mm -hmm. friends were there. And it was my first story as being the news editor to cover this. And I was so emotional because I I walked in and I was like, wow, I just felt like, honestly, like complete trash. I was like, here these people are and they're they're, they're mourning their lost loved ones. And I'm like out of place. No one I knew or loved Mm -hmm. or was friends with died. And I'm trying to, I didn't know how to go about it. I really didn't. That was my first story where I was like, shoot what do I do how do mm-hmm. I approach these families and yeah it's, it's hard but at the same time I, I didn't want it to be disrespectful to them and like I gave everyone space
2: mm-hmm.
1: but I, I wanted to if they wanted to share their stories and I'm glad you know a lot of families did say like they wanted to talk and like you know honor their kids and be like you know what she loved this she loved ballet she loved Rutgers and mm-hmm. they just wanted to talk and that's how they were coping with it at that time and I'm glad I got to put, like, their stories on a platform and, and able to, like, share their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's it's a sticky situation sometimes, yeah. Um, but, uh, like, uh, f- to move on to, like, the fun stories that I've done, recently I did, um, like, a before-we-go story. Um, I was helping the producer with that. And it's just, like, fun, cute stories sometimes that I think is interesting. Like, it was about, like, leap day babies. And <laughs> this, like, one couple had, like, two had a baby born on leap day and then the next leap day they had another baby born um it was just like fun like talking to those people like those families and just like hearing fun stories too and like how like crazy moments like this happen in the world (laughs) and um I know recently we did a story on I'm forgetting his name but um he was a student who was told he couldn't graduate because he had locks on his hair
0: Yes, I saw that. Yeah. I, I am blanking on his name as well, but I, I saw that and yeah. it was a really it's quick. Crazy. Piece. He
1: literally they changed the school code like over winter break and he had locks before winter break and then he came back and like he couldn't
2: graduate because he had literally the hair. Was it personally to attack him or was it to I mean obviously like it's was he feel like that. Line? I'm pretty sure
1: yeah. He was, I mean the spotlight was on him, like it was he became, like, of a, a, a national attention because of this. So I, I think he might have been the only student at that school who was stopped from from graduating, which was insane. And mm-hmm. um, I wasn't on the story, but I was sitting right next to the producer, who was, and we did a telecom interview with him. And it was like, just, like, having that energy in the newsroom where, like, we were we were the ones who told him that he was going to be invited to the Grammys. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was, like, Dwayne Wade who, like, sent us a video, sent CBS a video, talking to him talking to the guy
0: uh-huh. and
1: saying like hey you know I'm, I'm working with cbs here and we really want you to come out to the gra- the grammys <laughs> and it was just so cool like, like working with these people and, and seeing the energy in the newsroom and really having that power to like to change and like Im- impact someone's life like that especially someone mm-hmm. who is like being so unfairly treated and being able to like turn that around into something yeah, I'm hope. I mean, I'm still like new to the field, but I'm I'm really looking forward to like sharing more of these stories. I might go on a shoot later this month um, and interview the the first black astronaut. Wow. I'm so excited. Oh, this <laughs> is so real. much fun. Um, Well, okay. Well, it's well, that's why I said I might be able to do, this okay. to do this. Um, Because the producer, the main producer who's on the piece, she might be flying out to NASA in Texas. Okay. But there is like a satellite either station or some kind of like work agency that's in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So if it happens there, then I'm going. And I'm so excited. I don't even know if I'm so going fun. yet, but I've already like drafted up questions. Because it's um, right. her and then it's also um, another... Um, black young lady who's interested in the in the um, why am I blanking outer space field? <laughs> why am I blanking on like words right now? Uh, um,
0: yeah, I, air in air space. Like I, I, don't know. I don't know the field either. Know
1: what it is
2: called, why am I? Yeah, yeah in
1: astrophysics. I guess. <laughs> yes. I don't know why I'm blanking on words. Um, but they're both gonna be there, so it's cool to like have that dynamic and like have her talk about like who's inspired her and who is she inspired by her and like just I don't know, it's so interesting to me. I'm so excited <laughs> and I don't even know if I'm going yet. And I've already written questions. That's, that's <laughs> Actually, so prepare. fun. Oh yeah. But things like that. Yeah. Just yeah. it's really neat to be able to just tell stories and And especially, like, someone, like, a black woman in, like, astrophysics and, like, working at NASA and being the first black astronaut. There's so many barriers she had to go through. Right. So, being able to, like, put her voice on a platform and share those struggles because, like, people don't realize, like, being, like, a woman of color, like, the setbacks that you have in life Uh um, to do something crazy like that. Like, no one was telling her, like, yeah, you could totally be, like, an astronaut. You know, when, like, (laughs) I'm sure, like, maybe, like, her... Male coworkers were given opportunities that she wasn't, and mm-hmm. it was like I'm sure she had a lot of like questions, like follow up questions that we like we talked about about like when she was just like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna be an astronaut, the first one, the first black female right. astronaut. It's so like, well, not I don't want to curse, but so badass. Oh, <laughs> they're okay. gonna cut that out. <laughs> Explicit's
0: but, are allowed on the podcast, yeah, so it's gonna
1: be so cool <laughs> to share her story. I'm I'm so excited.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I haven't even done like a whole ton of reporting, but just like. I've loved every second of, you know, media that I've been involved in, whether it was like when I was in college, I was at WFUV and actually doing my own stories there. And I'd go into the city and like get sound and come back and edit. And we'd put it on like the radio for listeners to hear. And that was awesome because you were doing it sort of all on your own. And then when I got to CBS, I had no idea what I was doing. When I was interning, I was 19, I you know, you watch a lot of news, you think, you know, news, but then you get there and you have not a clue of what's Mm -hmm. going on and, uh, getting to work with you and like, oh my gosh, like Nikki and Kenneth. And there's so many awesome, you know, reporters that I was able to work with and to go on shoots. I not only got to see these amazing, you know, stories, some of them like very emotional and heartbreaking or really inspiring and motivating and getting to meet new people and interact and hear their stories and just shine light on stuff and then also getting to like work with you guys and like knowing the reporters and the cameraman like it's really it's such an awesome field and I, I highly encourage anyone who's interested in it you don't even not that you have to jump in and you know go right into journalism just if you want to Write articles in your spare time, like start up a blog, like do do a podcast, and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know there's so much you can do with it it's such an interesting field uh, that I highly encourage you know people to explore and see what you know they want to make of it. The world is your oyster, as we were saying. Um, but yeah, thank you both for coming on. This was so thank fun. <laughs> I had it's so much fun. yeah, and I think it's you know journalism is so important in staying updated and informed especially as we're heading into this new election and we'll see where it goes but i think the one thing like people should really just make sure they're staying up to date with everything keep reading your articles wherever you get your news from make sure you know everything's (laughs) sourced well and
1: like actually impacting every single person like mm -hmm. journalism is just becoming more and more important especially leading up to the 2020 election like People mm-hmm. are looking at reporters like you to, to tell them like what these candidates are, what they represent, what's going on, so that when you know November 4th, whatever rolls around, that they can make an informed decision. So, like, exactly. It's a really important.
2: <laughs> no, Erica topic. just said it. Stay informed, but then also take action. Make sure you go and vote. Yes. <laughs> yep. We're just one step of the way. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but yeah, thank you guys so much. This was so fun. Thanks, Thanks.
1: for having us.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I hope you loved hearing from Laura and Erica and learning about the work they do at CBS. As we mentioned in the episode, there's a lot of news out there circulating in the world every day. And with that said, it's really important to check your sources. There's a lot happening in the world right now, so definitely take a couple of minutes each day, too, to tune into a news network or publication. And it could be on the national level, like your CBS, your NBC, your ABC, or it could even be your local affiliates. I really hope you enjoyed hearing about Laura and Erica's paths and the work they've been able to accomplish. They're both so incredibly talented and I can't wait to see what else they achieve. And let me know what you thought of the episode. You can find us on Instagram at Handling It Podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. I can't wait to keep bringing you some awesome episodes over the next couple of weeks. So for the time being, keep handling it and I will talk to you guys soon.